2: The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow.
3: Hello everybody and welcome to episode number 183 of the Stacey West podcast. I am Ben and uh, it's the dynamic duo, the gruesome twosome, whatever you want to call it. I'm back with Gaz. How are
2: you my good man? It's the dream team. The dream Um, team. I'm actually knackered. I've just come back from a run. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty, pretty knackered even though I've kind of had a little bit of downtime this week. So yeah, it's unusual to be recording with you. I think it's only the second one, isn't it? Since the beginning of the season.
3: Third, I think.
2: Is it? Oh yeah, the third one. We did Exeter. We did another one, um, and yeah. uh, and then this. I mean, the thing is, I obviously I was recording earlier, and I had a look at the viewing figures, and they were just so low last week. I thought I had to come back and save the show. <laughs> you
3: cheeky bastard! You
2: yeah, know, they're only at five hundred and sixty. I mean, it's a big that's loss. Right.
3: I mean, I'll be I'll be relying on the um, on the, the the post on the on the site going live at the right time this week because you're on it, so.
2: It won't happen this week because <laughs> I'm actually out tomorrow in Lincoln, so it won't go live at the right oh, time. Nightmare. Unless nightmare. we put it up at like eight in the morning. Actually, do you know what? A lot of people preferred that. I don't know if you can. I mean, again, we're on air, whatever. Um, <laughs> a lot of people kind of said that when I, I put one up at eight o'clock or seven o'clock for their drive to work, and people said it was great because they could listen to it in the morning. So, I mean, they obviously they wouldn't want to last week because it was you and Jake, but this week it might be um, it might be a good idea.
3: I'll see what I can do. No pressure. No pressure. Under pressure. <laughs> <laughs> no, how have we been anyway? I want to. I want to delay the match talk until I absolutely have to.
2: Well, we've got a pad, haven't we? And the extended highlights, it was quite amusing because uh, I said I didn't <laughs> want to watch them. And somebody messaged me and said the extended highlights in yeah, the the drinks talking, break. At the drinks break it? <laughs> and, and do you know what? I can understand that. I mean, I know we're not talking about the game at the moment. Well, yeah, let's get into it. We can do chitter chatter as we go. Genuinely, it got to within five minutes of half time. And I thought, well, I'm going to go and get a drink now because I don't want to miss the opportunity to sit down and stare into space without the game distracting <laughs> me over half time. <laughs> And, and and then literally while I was down there having the wee, Matt uh, uh Danny Mandrui, Mandrui, Mandrio I can't remember Mandroyu Mandroyu typical What Mandrio that Mandroyu um had the the best effort of the game and I missed it um because I didn't want to yeah how, how can you miss the, the the one bit of excitement in a 90 minute game honestly um so yeah I, I've had a more eventful week than i had for two hours on a saturday afternoon but if i painted a wall and then sat in a room and spent 72 hours watching it dry i think um you know the moment a fly landed on it and got slightly sticky feet and struggled to get away would have been more entertaining
3: yeah no it was um i mean i I went down uh to to grab a drink just before that i think there was a break in play i think it might have been when the, when the ref got um, changed over. Oh yeah, we'll um, get
2: five minutes out of that.
3: Yeah, yeah. So I got, <laughs> so I got. Um, I, I popped down then and, and came back up and managed to see the, the you know the aforementioned effort, but Christ, it was boring. Like it, it was kind of functional football, but right, steal my headline. No, I mean it was like I know you you, you were right in that one. It, it was, but it there wasn't a lot else going on like i mean like you say we had one really exciting moment which is when um you know uh mandroy had the had the shot which forced a you know a decent save out the keeper but other than that the only other thing that i can think of is when rushworth clawed the ball off the line and when the ref went off and that that's the entirety of the 90 minutes for me i just can't remember anything else
2: no, there was second half, something happened in the second half. I'm sure there was a didn't we have a chance in the second half? Ben House shot, went miles over. I mean <laughs> the point the point is that a nil-nil against Charlton actually, when you looked at the beginning of the season, you'd go, I'd probably take yeah, you'd take two points from Charlton and Ipswich, mm. Chef Wednesday, teams like that, and then you take your three points from your Bristol Rovers and, and, and other teams. And, and the fact is, if you look at our league form now, I think in, in three games, that's seven points, seven from 12. I mean, it's a it's a decent haul. I just think with it being a tough month and with Charlton being, and I, I, I say this with the greatest respect, absolute wank. Um, <laughs> the, you know, and they were. And, and, and what's what's most upsetting, I think, about that is that on paper, and Athletic look like they've got such a good football team. Jaden Stockley and Miles Lee, are dangerous up front. The the lad um, Jerson Raksaki, or, I can't think what his name is now, who was going to come on loan to us from Palace and chose them. Great player. They've got Jaysemis is in the team. You've got mm. Jack Payne. You've got Scott Fraser. You've got Conor McGrandles. You've got George Dobson. I mean, this is this is a team that should be top six, and they have got absolutely zero direction whatsoever. No direction yeah. at all. I mean, they. We went and we were bored and actually we should come away happy with that, not because Mm. um, we should be happy watching pretty poor football, which is what it was. We weren't rubbish by a long stretch of the imagination. We just didn't do anything in, in the opposition half. Yeah. Um, and we should come away from that happy. We, we, we've taken a point and kept a clean sheet from a big team, whether we're at home or away, as irrespective. You know, if you're Burnley in the Premier League and you're at home to Arsenal, you don't go hell for leather and try and beat them or or Chelsea or whoever. You you know you pick your battles, and and if that's what we're going to do this season, it's the best way to stay in the division. Yeah, but it ain't gonna it ain't gonna sex things up for the supporters, is it?
3: No, and I think that's uh, that's kind of the point. I mean, we we were talking before the game, and I think. I think mean, you and Chris both said, you know, you take a point from the game. Um, you look at I was drunk, so <laughs> um, you look at you know the, the the result in the week. I think you know, Charlton came away with a decent result um, against Exeter, if I remember rightly. No, oh,
2: they beat them um, they stuffed them about four-one or something.
3: That's what I mean. You know, they, they yeah. you know four-two. Uh, um, so they, they came away from that, and you know, it's almost like you look if you look back on it, you think oh, actually, in hindsight given that they've gone and stuffed Exeter, it's not a bad point to take, but it, I think it was just the fact that the game was so dull um, that's, that's put everybody in a bit of a sour mood about it. Um, but, I mean, the positive is, like you say, it's another clean sheet, it's another point, and we're still unbeaten at home in the league. So
2: I, I, I think what hmm. you've got to do, people are kind of criticising Mark, uh, Mark Kennedy for, for his approach, um, and I can't remember the game a couple of weeks ago where I talked about XG and there was a team that had the lowest XG for, and I'd gone all the way back. I think it was Barnsley and I went all the way back into the, the reign of Danny Cowley and Charlton even had less than that. So they, they offered less than Barnsley offered when they had a man sent off uh, and had three shots and none on target. And their three shots on none on target were more dangerous than the three shots that Charlton had. We had seven shots, only one on target, to be fair, which was Mandry, Mandrui. Man, draw you. Man, draw you. It? It's like droid. Man, draw you. Draw you. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, that makes sense. Man, draw you. Um, it's probably I, I how Cornell tell you to to make a picture. Man, draw you. Oh, uh, Oh, yeah that's i'd say clever um so <laughs> uh, but we actually we actually had and i know people will laugh at me when i talk about xg i don't give a shit We had better chances to score in that game. The one chance that we did have with the other little half chances than we did away at Oxford when we won. And I keep holding that Oxford game up because that was a blueprint. That game, Portsmouth, Charlton, were all very, very similar. We're setting up not to get beat. Now, a lot of people around me were complaining, saying, why has he gone three at the back when we proved we couldn't score three at the back against Bolton? Well, actually, again, if bar the two individual mistakes, we would have taken a point from Bolton and Mm. it would have been a good point um and the reason he went through at the back because they play a like a quite an aggressive 442 you've got Stockley up front you've got Lieben up front it's not even like big man little man it's two kind of strong physical players um and we just wanted we didn't want to concede and mark kennedy didn't want to lose games and and it's as simple as that and last season we probably go two at the back we probably play out from the back we probably lose that game 1-0 against a really poor team because they were on a par, in my opinion, with Doncaster last season, with Accrington last season. This is going to probably hurt Charlton fans if any bother listening. They were as bad as Hartlepool were in the FA Cup. All those teams mm. beat us 1-0. We haven't lost that 1-0, and people are now going, well, it's not sexy enough. Clean sheet, point at home, um, no injuries apart from the referee. You know, it's it's not ideal, but if you get a couple of pints of that Camden, pink Camden IPA, all that mango stuff you were drinking <sighs> from the tipsy before the game, you know what like? <laughs> shot by.
3: I mean, let's let's be honest. I think the tipsy-in was the highlight of the afternoon, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, it was in terms of the football, definitely. And <laughs> do you know what? I'm going to say credit to the club for that because the yep. club gets slaughtered and sometimes rightly so sometimes rightly so the beer selection has been utterly woeful lots of people saying they're going to stop going lots of people unhappy with the elior offering and and the tipsy went down brilliantly it helps that it's good people it helps that obviously mm. dan from um the gone off on a tangent podcast is involved and that sort of thing it's you know um and the only sad thing is that 90 percent of the time i'll be driving so but i won't be <laughs> driving again shepherd wednesday so happy days i hope we've, I hope we've got the camden on again
3: yeah, I mean it's uh it was a welcome addition. And like you said, like the, the I'd be very interested to see how they've kind of managed to get around it with with the sponsors um and with the contracts that they've got. But
2: Well the way Elior works quite interesting though. The, I found out yesterday that the way that the club kind of finance and structure things is if one department wants to use one of the function rooms, they hire it from Elior. Okay. Because I always wondered, how is it that Elior pay us money to do the work that they do around the ground? You think it's something we pay. So I don't know the ins and outs of it. It was just an interesting off-the-cuff comment. Somebody said, oh, yeah, we if we want to, we have to book it with Elior. Okay, mm-hmm. fair okay. But but yeah, Actually, I mean, was- before the game was the most exciting thing. So we were stood, sorry to cut you off, we were stood talking at one point, weren't we? And all of a sudden, Lewis Monsma was there with his arm round two of us going, all right, boys. And we're like... It was almost like he knew us, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, it's Lewis, you know, the guy from down the road. I didn't realise it was like a photo op. He's yeah, like, all right, so... boy, his arms round us all. Yeah, like, it was, yeah.
3: That, that was class. I mean, it was, um, I, I didn't I didn't really realise until, because um, I, I was talking to, I think I was talking to Rach, um, and I turned, you know, I sort of sort of looked across and Bubs was there in front of us going, go, go on, get in, get in, get in. I was like, what, what are you on about? And then look back, and it's like, Jesus Christ. Um But no, he was He's a uh,
2: good-looking man. I'm sorry, you <laughs> When you see him close up, it's like Jesus Christ, you're a good-looking man. Looking yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, Harry Toffolo can can do one now, can <laughs> he? The new Man Crush. But um, I think I think to be honest, me and you would be in, behind the queue behind Mister Lamming in the queue because oh, yeah. he was proper geeking out, wasn't? He? <laughs> I, and he used to play in a three at Dortmund on the right of a three, and Lewis just looked at him as if like. Whoa, he's gonna wake up one day and there's gonna be Chris sat at the end of his bed with a pair of Lewis's boxes on his head or something. You sleep
3: on the right side of the bed as well. That's amazing.
2: <laughs> yeah. You um, sleep on the right side of the bed and you normally don't do a turn until about three o'clock. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, it was uh, it was great. And to be honest with you, like I you, you don't get a sense of, of how like big players are while you're when you're watching games unless you see them. I didn't realise how tall Lewis monster is. He is Fucking huge, um, but uh, yeah, no, that was that was good fun. um Really nice to meet him and uh, had a, a bit of a chat about stuff.
2: um this, this padding's going well, isn't it? We've got twelve minutes so far. Do you realise <laughs> that this week I've done Radio Lincolnshire, where I was on for about thirty minutes talking about the Charlton game. I've done one of the dog walk videos. I did a two thousand word write up, and we're now twelve minutes into this from a game where the combined XG from both teams was 0.59. So actually we could have played for a second 90 minutes and got no goals. There was two shots on target, which is as many as we had against Bolton, but from both teams. I mean, it, how on earth have I managed to get this much content out of it? I spoke less <laughs> about Bristol, Bristol Rovers. I just, yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, let's, 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 head on slightly but I, the thing that i did have to chuckle about with uh with the tipsy imp is just how quiet the main bars looked all of a sudden when there was a, a bit more of a choice on uh, on the menu um but if anyone from tipsy imp is listening please get that mango cider on quite often because it was uh,
2: it was a guest wasn't it? it was a guest cider. i
3: know but they, they've got to have it back because it's lethal and it's bloody lovely
2: I can't have anything lethal, apart from the next game we're at.
3: Um, well, I can't have anything lethal. Yeah, but um, I, I, um, actually, while we're on the subject of alcohol on Saturday, I do have a little bit of a bone to pick with you, because um, apparently, apparently you're on the side of, uh, of Mr. Mulhall in thinking that cubes is, a, is, is
2: awful. Sugar cubes? Yeah. I've, do you know what? 43 years old, and I've never been in sugar cubes in town. And Chris said... Um, Should we go to Sugar Cubes? A funny story. And you know what? People listening, I don't know if anyone knows my mate Dave. Looks like we mentioned him. Yeah, we mentioned him a few weeks ago. Looks a little bit like Romesh um, Ragnatharian or or whatever the fella's name is. And um, Dave's a great, great guy. He's coming over in a little while. We're going to play some pool. So anyway, we decided to go to Cubes. We've been to watch a gig. We went to watch a guy. So we're on on our way up to Cubes. And I'm I'm chatting to Chris, I think, and we've got another lad, Carl, with a Lincoln fan I've never met before, and they're behind us. And as we go in, there's, you come up past what used to be Martha's on that on the left, uh, mm-hmm. and and there's a little cut through, isn't there, where you can go up to get to Cubes. And as yeah. we get going up there, out the corner of my eye, I just see this fella running like hell into this. There's like a little car park there on the right hand side, just kind of as you as just as you first go into that little road. And as this car went in. Old Bill came up, Blues, pulled right in with the lights on and the doors jumped open. And I turned to my mate and I said... Jesus Christ, somebody's in for it there. Look, he's just gone running in there. And I look back up and it was Dave walking back out with his hands up like this. He had run off to try and have a wee and hadn't seen that the police were there. And the police had seen him running in. And he just come walking out with his hands up like this, going, I'm sorry, officer, I was only going to have a wee.
3: Like Jay from the in between us. <laughs> sorry,
2: sorry, sorry. <laughs> it was brilliant. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And then we get up to cubes and Chris has said he'll pay for us all. Chris, Mr. Pathway he said he'll pay for us all to get into cubes. And guess what? His cards stopped working. In. oh no yeah so i ended up paying for everyone to get into cubes and it was awful the music was thrash metal for a solid hour apart from they played um one chili pepper song that like, you you know that one no um <laughs> but yeah they played one chili pepper song and after that we left so oh, but, that's
3: disappointing. Anyway, back to football oh, i on. will say i will say normally my description of, of cubes is that it is it is a shithole. But it's my shithole, like yeah, you know, It's, it's shithole, not. Like it, it's not a nice place to go for the Never. building and for the you know for the feel of the place. But normally they play cracking music and the beers are cheap. So
2: oh, well, look, all the people I was with were drinking Blue Wicked. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah, it uh, made me
3: think I need new friends. Um, well, how, how drunk were you when you went in? That's the question. <laughs> Oh, yeah,
2: massively, yeah. yeah. I, oh, that's all right that.
3: then, because you, you can't go into Cube Sober. I've done that once, never again. Um, and also, I left a hoodie in there once, and I had to go in and pick it up a couple of days later. I think I burned that hoodie, because mm. I couldn't get the Cube smell off it after being in there for a few days.
2: Uh, so anyway, back to football, because we do need to finish <laughs> off, I suppose. Um, the referee falling over, but <laughs> yeah, I, I think that could have saved us, because I, I looked at replays, a lot of people who... There's a split decision. The only replay I see, I think there's a good shout for that being over the line.
3: Well, there was a photo doing the rounds of of Rushworth's hand on the ball, um, and it wasn't fully over the line. It looked like he'd clawed it back. Um, you know, he, he'd sort of just pulled it. And I don't know if that was at the point where he had pulled it back over the line or if that was at the point he'd got his hand on it. But the photo, the ball wasn't fully over the line. So without knowing at what point it was where he'd he'd clawed it back, it, it's hard to say. I mean, I'll be honest, when I saw it, I thought, gee, that's a goal um, yeah. from where we were. Like, you know, we've, we've, we're we at the back of the um, GMB, is it now? We're the, pretty much the back row Call of the stand. Land. Yeah, back row of the stand. Um, it had a decent angle on it, and it, it looked like it had gone over the line. So we probably got away with one. Thankfully, the linesman didn't flag for it. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's possibly been one other game that I've seen where the refs had to go off and, and fourth officials come on. Um, it's, it's very rare occurrence. And a friend of mine texts me shortly after he came on and said, uh, this referees, this lad's never refed a a game, a professional game before, which didn't fill me full of confidence. Um, but I, I, you know, I think there was. There was one dis- uh, There was one moment where I thought it was uh, a bit of a, a, a... You know, he looked like he shit himself a little bit. And that was in the second half when I think someone went through for Charlton and it looked like there was a penalty. Big claims for it. He sort of froze. Um, and then it looked like he was going to give something. And, and thankfully, the flag was up for offside. So he didn't have to. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought, you know, again... In a game where not a lot happened, I thought there weren't that many calls to make, but he got what he had to do right.
2: Yeah, I mean, funny story, actually. Abbas Khan, who's the referee, has actually had a place on my browser uh, for about the last um, year and a half, funnily enough. okay, Uh, Because, yeah, yeah, amusingly enough, because he was the fourth official in one of the games. And I found this great site that, um, that that basically told me all the games he'd been like a referee and a fourth official, uh, sorry, a linesman and a fourth official covering everybody. So he was actually a, an assistant referee when we drew nil-nil uh, with Sunderland. You know, Jordan Wright made his save. Mm-hmm. And he was assistant referee in our one-all draw with Rotherham uh, last season. You know, the one, I think, Lewis Fiorini scored, and they had absolutely battered us. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for 90 minutes. So I mean he's you know he's he's been coming to Central Bank for for a long time but he'd never actually done any official uh, official referee. and oddly enough he was actually the assistant referee the day that we beat them 2-0. I'm not okay. sure if he was did you remember the penalty where um who fl- uh, the linesman flagged for it and gave it and the ref George Grant scored and I think they had a man sent off.
3: Vaguely um, remember, yeah.
2: Yeah, our 1-0 win at Shrewsbury. Our, our, so we've, we've seen plenty of him. Um, I just thought he did a brilliant job, considering that he'd been dropped in, considering he hadn't done yeah. it. And I thought for at first he blew for a couple of free kicks. I thought, oh, I could go anywhere here. Uh, and he did really well. So, again, 20 minutes now we've talked about Charlton. I sincerely hope um, that I never have to talk about it again.
3: Cool. Yeah, I think that's probably a, probably a, a fair shout. So we'll move on. Um, obviously we've mentioned Lewis Montsmer, um and how we uh, how we, we got to chat to him. And obviously, you know, we had the healing touch between us. Um, and Honestly, I didn't touch him. <laughs> Chris did. Um, but there's yeah. the, um, the the conversation is at the moment that, uh, uh, at least according to the latest uh, press conference and news, is that Lewis Montsmuir is back in training, um, which... Probably doesn't mean quite what some people would think it does, um, but obviously he's back on the grass. He's he's back um, to the point where he's able to to do a bit more than he could before. His rehab's obviously gone well. Um, I think the, the feeling was, after we had a chat, that um, he's aiming to be back before the end of the year, back in the first team. Um, so it, it's obviously going well for him. Um, quite how heavy the training is going to be initially is, is obviously uh, up in the air. But um, yeah, nice to see, isn't it?
2: Yeah, definitely. And I think actually, he's probably his return will see us continue to play in a in a three at the back. And as Chris was correctly saying, when he plays in a three at the back, he's the sort of player that's more likely to step forward into. Um, know alongside a holding midfielder potentially if we need to be on the front foot a little bit so and and yeah i mean it's it's probably attacking fullbacks we need to make the three at the back work more so than a than a right-sided fullback but um certainly opens up potential for regan paul to go out there although i actually thought tj had a decent game on saturday i thought he um i didn't think he was too bad why do i keep talking about saturday (laughs) <laughs> uh, so, yeah, no, it's good news. It will have been a fair journey for Lewis. I think it was the Oxford game, wasn't it, where it happened? Um, mm-hmm. But he he seemed in good spirits. He's a decent player. So, yeah, it's, it's good. It's good.
3: Yeah. Um, so hopefully it continues to go well for him and he, um, you know, makes the strides he needs to. And uh, we'll see him soon enough. You know, we've got quite a few, uh, obviously a difficult month this month. It's going to be unlikely, but uh, yeah. Interesting one. Um, next thing we're going to talk about is something you actually obviously did your, your dog walk on uh, this morning. Uh, I was going to watch it, but I have had a, a busy old day, so not had a chance to yet. However, um, it's the potential lifting of the uh, Saturday 3 p.m. blackout for EFL coverage. Now, it, it it's kind of a divisive topic for some people. Um, I know that you know there's a lot of people that are incredibly against it um i know obviously where you sit on it um and i think starting if if it does happen i think starting with the EFL is a is a very very bad move if the premier league stays out of it um really? i mean let's uh, i think if premier league games don't get don't get included in the lifting of the blackout if it happens. I think that's a that's a bit of a, a shitter, to be honest.
2: Um, really? I think the opposite. I think if, if you're going to lift the blackout, that keep the Premier League teams out of it. That's probably the only. I mean, I don't think any of it's acceptable, but that's certainly more acceptable than not. The likelihood is that if you're if you're sorry, I'm going to I'll argue why. I'm really surprised. Actually no, that, no, 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 no. It's nice fine. Like, I, I'm,
3: the
2: thing is, I've I've got a. What's your make your point first?
3: My my view on it is that I can see the the benefit to the fan of not having the blackout there. Um, I mean, I you know I've, I've I'm quite open in that if we can't get to an away game, there are ways and means to get the game and pay for it and put the money back into the club that we will endeavour to watch the game if we can't make the if we can't make the trip. And to me, like the COVID season kind of set that new routine up in a way where, you know, you would get the stream and you'd watch the game, you'd pay for it. If you, you know, if it was an away game, you'd pay for it. If it was a new season ticket, it was covered. And as a fan, I know that, you know, for example, if we're if we're away at Portsmouth on a Saturday, which you know, seems to be a bit of a rarity for Lincoln City because we're usually away on Tuesday night. But if we're away on a Saturday and it's a long trip and we can't make it because we've got plans for something or if we just can't, A, can't afford it, B, can't, you know, justify it. To me, away games is, you know, that's where I appreciate the, not the requirement because it isn't a requirement, let's be honest, but the opportunity to watch a game being streamed
2: so, so however I, go on, I don't understand why, why you're saying the Premier League they're not being involved I get those points but surely what well, why your stance on the Premier League
3: well the, the thing with the Premier League is that like you will have it to me it doesn't make sense to have a huge you know a club with a big fan base that don't necessarily live near the near the stadium so I'm going to use them as an example, and you're going to take the piss, but Man United fans, there's always the joke about, you know, the bulk of Man United fans yeah. live in London, okay. right? For me, I think giving other fans opportunities wow. to watch a game for a big club um, that they follow, they support, whatever, they wouldn't have an interest in going to watch Leighton Orient, for example. How do know. Well, th-
2: those that wouldn't, you know, but what, if, about, what about the ones that are currently coming to watch Lincoln, who are also Man United fans, who if they can get three o'clock kickoff at Man United, would prefer to stay home and watch that. That's and there that's, are those people. Yeah, why? The, otherwise, the, why do pubs like Gwyns show the Premier League game first? I see so this is, from Matt this, War. He's a Spurs fan.
3: I mean, this is what this is where I say I'm, I'm slightly torn on it, and you know, I agree with you on that. I think that's that's where the discussion needs to happen. From my point of view, like purely from a selfish point of view, I I don't mind it because it would give me the opportunity to watch away games without the barriers that are there already.
2: I, I get that. The point I want the point I make is you, you said that you didn't think it made sense just to do EFL and not the Premier League. And I don't understand why that justification for me, if it has to go ahead, that's the only one that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. Because I can, I can see. I mean, I can see your point, right, about wanting to watch away games, and and a lot of people don't use, don't know how to use VPNs, or, or don't feel that they want to, and a lot of people stream things illegally on sticks, which is hitting the club's revenue. So I get, I can understand why an Accrington Stanley fan who doesn't want to travel to Exeter, or, or do you know what I mean, Exeter fan who yeah. doesn't want to drive up to wherever, I understand why they may want to watch that game at three o'clock. I get yeah. that. Um, what I don't get is how having Manchester United available at three o'clock on a Saturday, which could actually affect Lincoln City's attendance at home or, or away. Because if if you're, let's say you're, I mean, I'll, I'll use Matt as an example, and I'm not saying this is what Matt would do, but Matt sits next to me, Spurs fan as well as a Lincoln fan. Spurs fan first and foremost, Lincoln fan. So if at three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, um, next, let's say Nick, this Saturday, he can't leave the house, that Ipswich is being streamed. Ipswich and Lincoln, and he could watch that. Brilliant. But if he's got a choice between Ipswich and Lincoln or Spurs versus whoever Spurs are playing at the three three pm kickoff, he's going to choose Spurs. And yeah. I don't, I I cannot possibly understand how giving the Premier League that sort of power is a good thing. If, the, if lifting the 3pm blackout is really about the supporters, and it isn't, let's be absolutely clear, it's mm-hmm. about money for Premier League clubs, no yep. matter how they dress it up, no matter what they tell you about, oh, we'll do the EFL first because it matters to fans, it's bollocks, it's a gateway, it's more of a fucking gateway than the EFL trophy is. It's mm-hmm. wrong, but if it has to happen, and absolutely do not want it to happen at all, at least if it's just the EFL clubs, and and it's still a gateway, it's still a foot in the door, that's yeah. still a way of saying, you know, like, oh, you you know, you're not going to beat me up, are you? Oh no, I'll just punch you three times. You know, by the time you've been punched three times, you're already halfway to a beating, and that's what lifting the blackout will be. Yeah. It should be just zero, I mean, zero tolerance.
3: I I will be honest. Like I I hadn't considered the the two teams. You know, the the, the fans with two teams and stuff like that. I hadn't just hadn't considered it. Like, oh, it was it's being it, one yourself. Fuck off. Um, but no, like I my my thinking behind the Premier League is if there was a A plan in place. And obviously this involves, you know, proper planning on the EFL's part, which we all know probably wouldn't fucking happen. But it would need to be there would need to be some sort of, and I I can't believe I'm about to use this term given everything that's going on in the world, but there would need to be some sort of trickle down. (laughs) Tory. You know, to to lower league clubs. Like that there would need to be some sort of revenue share to say, right, there will be Premier League games streamed at this point and of that uh, X percent will be given to the EFL. I know that that's a pipe dream. I know that that's you know me fantasising. It's not a about dream.
2: It. It's still a, it's a nightmare scenario. I, you know I what understand? I, mean. I understand what you're saying, but it's a nightmare scenario. Yep. All this is going to do, and and the thing is, the the actual impact would be felt further down. It'd be felt at Lincoln oh, United. You get 150, uh, and they could go, and and then it could be you know where do we send Joven on loan or, or 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 whoever Hayden can on loan because games Trinity can't get a crowd up because you know. There's kids yeah. in Gainsborough who will go and watch games on a Saturday afternoon, but if they could sit and watch Premier League football, no, I'd extend the blackout. I'd extend the blackout from fucking lunchtime right the way through to seven or eight o'clock at night on a Saturday, and make people go to games. Attendance of football games is is vital, and just because we're experiencing a purple patch and we're having eight thousand, nine thousand fans or whatever, just because of that, um, it you know. We're in a decent position, and I made this point on my dog walk video. Exeter City, Cambridge United—they're no bigger or no bigger than us, not really. You know, we're at different—we're on slightly different trajectories at the moment. But in terms of potential fan base, you know, those clubs are only one good cup run away from finishing in the top half of the table and turning over a million you know, a couple of million extra and all that sort of thing. Um, I know, you know, we'd be at risk. I, I am just I, I don't don't what... I got on a little bit of a rant earlier and I'm, i will move on, I'm sure, in a minute and I'll let you have another say. This is a bigger threat. The three pm blackout is a bigger threat to football than the EFL trophy, without a doubt, in my opinion. Yeah. Because the yeah, EFL trophy is that's that's and that's trickle down economics working in in you know, and I hate I hate it as well, but it is, you know, you let us have our under 21s and, and we'll let you have 10 grand this and thingy that, and it, it, it's more profitable yeah. than the League Cup. But for them to take the next step and get under-21 teams or B-teams in the, the system, you know, there's a, there is a massive gate up there. And it baffles me how people can see that and they'll go, I've said it before, I'll say it again, how they'll go, I'm going to boycott Lincoln versus Newcastle because I am against having B-teams. And on that night, I'll sit at home and I'll watch Manchester City in the Champions League on my pay-per-view television. And that absolutely blows my mind. And I've been trying to think of an analogy that reflects how utterly ridiculous that is and i can't because i can't think of a ridiculous analogy that just and and maybe it's me i don't know maybe it's me maybe maybe my my whole kind of left-wing political thing has come too much into football if you subscribe i won't make any friends i've said it before i'll say it again if you subscribe to sky sports and you talk about liverpool or you watch liverpool and then you boycott the efl trophy on political grounds or whatever you are a hypocrite. And it's that simple. You are a hypocrite. You might not realise it. It might be subtle hypocrite, you know, and you might hate me for it, but you are. Because watching television, watching Premier League on Sky Sports and talking about lifting the 3pm blackout and giving those clubs more streaming potential is a bigger threat to our football pyramid than us going out and and rolling over for Newcastle under 21s ever will be.
3: Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And I think this is the point where, you know, on the whole, I am, I am against, you know, getting rid of the blackout. There are arguments for it, which, you know, I kind of put forward.
0: I but... like wine. <laughs> no, it, it's it, it's a
3: difficult topic because, on one hand, like the ease of the ease of access to, you know, for, for somebody that can't or won't go to every away game, that's where. It falls for me, and to be honest with you, what you've said about the, you know, the Premier League, um, uh, the, the Premier League teams, and you know people that support other teams, and then would watch Premier League game over Lincoln, for example, it's something that I genuinely hadn't considered. So, you know, that's gone some way to changing my mind on that. Um, but like, it's, you know, I, I just, I think there has to be a way in which there is something that can be done that kind of makes things a bit more accessible for um I don't I don't want to say the you know the word like hardcore fans of a club or whatever. But like I don't I don't I don't know what the solution is. But lifting the lifting the blackout.
2: Eh? Keep things the same. There's no solution. The what yeah. you what you're saying is this would be some form of subscriber um situation to i follow so whereby if you're a season ticket holder at lincoln city you then are allowed to buy access to the i follow matches something along games. those lines
1: um, but i know won't that that's,
3: i know that won't happen and it's incredibly it it's incredibly difficult to police it's incredibly difficult not to but, share and all of that stuff i understand that and i get that and
2: i know that that won't happen that's not why it won't happen it won't happen because the football authority is not interested in giving mm. two or 3,000 Lincoln fans the opportunity to watch them away at Bristol Rovers. They're interested in giving Manchester United and Liverpool the opportunity to stream every single one of yeah. their games for a slice of the cake. And do you know what I mean? I don't care how big yeah. the cake is. I don't want a slice of that. So you've got no, me riled up now, then. Sorry. It was, you know... We we agreed to put it on the topic, on the on the dock. I know, I know, but I'm an angry man at the minute, and I know you know, that. It, doesn't, it doesn't take a lot to scratch at the surface. Even my no. face looks angry on the feed.
3: <laughs> but I, I, look, like I said, in the, in the big picture of it, you know, I I am against lifting the blackout. However, I can see the reasons on a surface level as to why that could benefit some people.
2: You but, see, that that kind of diplomatic answer was a little bit Tory as well.
3: <laughs> it's it's not it's 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 where i sit like i i understand oh,
2: that fuck off
3: um, <laughs> it's it's where you know it's kind of where i am like i you know i get there it no, ways, you, you're,
2: you you know, what you're doing you're putting a balanced view across and you can see both arguments and i'm here like the trade union is shaking my fist <laughs> going do you know what i mean i i understand that i can see the points you're trying to make but I, I, for me, it's about seeing the damage that it would do and not even, and it's unlike me, this, they're yep. not even willing to accept any other part of opinion. And that's, Joe. You know, it's one subject I feel that on. And when I'm when I'm so actually diplomatic and, and willing to argue and, uh, the point about the AFL trophy not being a bad thing, it feels really strange for me to be so passionately behind, you know, keeping the, the blackout. And it's not actually 3pm, is it? It's 2.45 to 5.15. Y- yeah, it's but- actually a two and a half hour blackout. Yeah, um, but, you know, it's like, but all the people on Twitter who are in favour of it have all got you know like profile pictures that are not them, and they've got things in their bio, you know, like live in um, live in Manchester, support Chelsea, or live. In, do you know what I mean? They're just the sort yeah. of people that uh, yeah, this shouldn't be a consideration for them. This shouldn't be. Go and watch. You know, there's a local non-league team like near you. you, like football. Go and watch them. You get a bit more out of it.
3: Yeah, no, so, I, it's yeah, I think. Overall, like I said, in favour of keeping it. Yeah. Um, Should we talk about Ipswich? Yeah, let's talk about Ipswich. Um, so um, do we
2: have any audio from
3: Jake? Yeah, there is uh, there, there is a preview. Um, Jake is redoing it um, for reasons, um, but uh, will um, I'll have the audio. So here is Jake chatting to Rich. Um, I'm, again, not sure what site he's from, um, but uh, we'll get that put in. And uh, here he is.
1: Currently second place, only Plymouth have gone better than you, only by a singular point. How do you assess the first 12 games that you've played so far?
0: Yeah, excellent. I think it's 13, I think, Jake, I think you'll find. 13. On 13. Yeah, Um. listen, I think it's probably, you couldn't really expect a much better start, you know, sitting second in the table with one defeat. Uh, That was obviously away at Plymouth where, look, we probably shouldn't have lost that game. It should have probably... Been a draw, but I think they're a good side, and I think they'll be up there all season, mate. But um, yes, yeah, Gormel well. Kieran's come in. Obviously, last season we had Paul Cook to start with, and then he went just uh, before Christmas. Kieran McKenna's come in. I think we've lost, I think we lost six games in thirty-eight, you know, and now he's he's getting linked with, uh, I see West Brom possibly Middlesbrough job. I, I don't think he'll go anywhere, but mm. at the minute it's um it's all going good. Another home game Saturday against you boys, and another big crowd. I think. I think they sold twenty-seven, twenty-eight thousand. So um it'll be rocking on Saturday and um fingers crossed for us, it'll be another three points in the bag.
1: Um see, the the good form has really sort of carried on from the back end of last year because I remember you guys towards the back end of last year. I think it was you and Bolton, perhaps were probably the two most unplayable teams I, I know, especially you guys. Um since McKenna came in and sort of changed everything. You went from that four, two, three, one that Paul Cook likes to play into this Three five two sort of formation, whatever combination you want to call it, that McKenna's brought in. Um, just what about his summer recruits? Have they been able to quickly adapt? Because obviously, the summer before, you had a lot of change 19 new faces, yep. 20 new faces in the building, similar to what Forrest had done this year. Um, ha- what about his new recruits? Have they been able to just slot in straight away?
0: Yeah, if you go back to when. Uh, Paul Cook was there you know he cleared out a lot of the deadwood and you have to look at the team now Jacob that a lot of them players that Cook signed have obviously like your Lee Evans your Morses your Chaplins, your Waltons they were all with Paul Cook at previous clubs so they probably came on the back of Paul Cook being manager right Mm -hmm. but and when you look now and you look at Forest when you have that massive turnover of players is it really going to come together just like that Mm -hmm. probably not you know, it's probably going to take a season, you know, to bed in. Like them players, obviously, they move from places. Got to find somewhere to live. A lot of them living in hotels. So this summer, he's come. Uh, McKenna signed. I think we signed seven or eight players. You know, and look, you got Freddie Ladapo's coming. Bit of a slow start for Freddie. Sort of found his feet these last few games. Marcus Harness has been an excellent signing. You saw, look. We paid over a million pounds for a left-back called Leif Davis. He's just, um, today, he's been named um, Player of the Month for town. So, the recruits he's had, they've all they've all been good signings. You've still got uh, Peninsula Kamara. You know, we signed from Plymouth. Not fit. Back on the grass now. So, we've got another player there to come in. And we have got a little bit, Jake. I'll be, I'll be honest. We have got a bit of an embarrassment of riches. Mm. We've got a few injuries at the minute, but... Whereas other clubs, if you had five players out, which we've got, it'd hurt you. And if you had five players out, it hurt Lincoln City. Whereas us, we haven't really missed them. You know, we've been lucky that we've got the quality to come in on the bench, and that's a lot of the games this season. Kieran's tactically, he's got it right because I think with the move to five subs, I think it's benefited a team like us mm. because if you look at these teams like, like your Man Cities and probably like Liverpool's, if you've got the bigger squads, you've got better players to bring on at like 65, 70 minutes. And in that way, we're lucky, you know, and it's worked so far. So hopefully it continues.
2: Yeah, it's interesting stuff. Um, Do you know what, Ipswich Town shouldn't be in League One. Not Mm -hmm. really. And you look at the, the squad that they've got, and I'm looking at the DAPO, I'm looking at Wes Burns, I'm looking at Vincent Young, I'm looking at... Tyrese John Jules, who's done well from Connor Chaplin, Kyle Edwards. Uh, you know, it's just ridiculous, ridiculous mm. squad. And they've had Kira McKenna's got on playing good football. They're winning plenty of games. This is their year. We won't have to go to Portman Road next season. This will be the last time we go to Portman Road, in my opinion, for for a few years. because um, mm-hmm. they, you know, they should stay in the championship as well. So um, enjoy it while we can is my well, I say enjoy it, um, in <laughs> the loosest possible sense. Because I think
3: it'll be a tough weekend
2: for Lincoln. Yeah. Um, I mean, we were talking
3: off air before we started. And I think it was one of those conversations where we thought, right, well, do we genuinely think we're going to get anything out of the weekend? Um, and it's, it's yeah. I would be delighted with a draw. And I think that's not the first time that I've said this this season. And it won't be the last time I say that, probably this month. Um, but yeah, Ipswich are absolutely flying. They've only lost four games this season. One of those was in the actually no, sorry, they've lost one game in the league. I was looking at the um, the full fixture list, and the first two were friendlies, um, and the, the third one was in the uh, was in the EFL Cup. So yeah, it it's not a uh, it, it doesn't make pleasant reading going into it. Um, I think we both had Ipswich in the top two um, in our predictions at the start of the season. Um, like you say, I think it's their year. I think that they've put together a very good squad. Um, they've, you know, I think they've well they absolutely battered Northampton earlier in the season. Um, they're scoring think, goals. F- I mean, yeah? Northampton are a non- Northampton are League Two team, aren't they? So that must have been in the cup. Yes, it was. Um, that was in the uh, that was in the Papa John's. But uh, you know, it's it's a sign <laughs> that uh, it's a sign that they are absolutely battering people. I think that was six nil. They've scored three in multiple games so far. Um, and it's yeah, that they they just seem to be on a march at the moment, and whether we can stand in the way. I anticipate going there and starting a similar, you know, in a similar fashion to Bolton. I think we're going to go there and set up not to lose, um, rather than attack them and win the game. Um, do you
2: want to know how we do you want to know how we win the game? Go on. So they play, uh, like a three-four-three, three, but it's it's not like a three-four-three three that we play. So it's three at the back, and then it's a, a, a kind of a flat midfield four um, with with pushing on fullbacks, and then they play Tyrese, John Jules, and Connor Chaplin behind a striker, which is either Freddie Ladapo or Caden Jackson. Now, I actually don't think Ladapo or Jackson is anything that we can't handle. Uh, Chaplin's a decent player. We know Tyrese John Jules is handy. Lincoln City gets something out of this game by going three at the back. So we go there and play any combination that you want. Ideally, probably Regan, Paul, Pau de O'Connor um, and Adam Jackson. Uh, we then play two fullbacks on the right hand side. We play Jordan Garrick as an attacking fullback because I think he's physical enough as long as he's intelligent enough to do it. And We can have Sean Rowan on the other side. You then play um, three in midfield. So uh, you can play like central midfielders. So I would probably look at playing something like Alas Sorensen, Matty Virtue, Max Sanders, something like that. Um, And I know people are going to be really surprised at who I've kind of not looked to include, but then you play two up top. And whether you play Hopper and Diamond, Hopper and you um mm-hmm. if hopper's not but fit it, it has to be house and Mandroyu or it has to be house and diamond we go for two up top got to go to up top because they've got three center backs if we just go in and try and play into ben house like we did on saturday we are going to get absolutely nothing if tom hopper's not fit we play ben house up there but you've got to get somebody in and around him and, and um, both diamond and Man- mandroyu are both kind of can, can play in that uh, in that attacking role um, and also, it gives us a little bit of flexibility. We've been able to get out wide. Um, and actually, if you think about it, it keeps Jordan Garrick on the pitch, albeit in a right fullback role. And Morgan Whitaker played there for a little bit last season. And actually, you can be quite an attacking player and do well there. And bear in mind that there were threats from their wing um, in Kyle Edwards and Leif Davis is, I'm not going to say minimal, but it's not like they're going to be overloading in those wide areas. I don't think we'll do that. I do think we'll start three at the back. I think we'll start very similar to how we did on Saturday, which essentially for me is like, um, I don't know, it's it's almost like a 5-4-1, uh, a isn't it? With uh, mm-hmm. with we, very defensive fullbacks. So we might just go to soak up the pressure. But if you want to win... And do you know That's actually the tactic. is That's kind of 3-5-2. exactly what Morecambe did when Ipswich visited this week. Um, and they had uh, Cole Stockton. I think it's Adam Phillips. Is it Adam Phillips up top that they've got? um kieran phillips sorry i beg your pardon and and they went with the two up top you've got to give their center defense something to think about one thing i say is they've got richard keogh in the center of their defense i think he's about 68 now i'm not sure i know he's getting on a little bit and physically he's going to outfight you he's going to nod you all the time you get a little bit of pace in and around him and actually the the other lad the Nassian, that they've got on the right center back i'm not Mm, not overly sold on. I think we could get goals if we go the right way about it, but I think that we've got to forego the kind of overload in the wide areas. So Rowan with Diamond ahead of him, or, or Mandryu, Mandroyu with um, whoever was behind him, TJ Omer, We've got to, we've got to forego that,
3: hmm.
2: but we won't do that, and I think we'll lose.
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like I said, I can't see him taking anything from the game on Saturday. Um, and that's not being negative that's not being pessimistic it's it's being realistic at the moment i mean you know ipswich are absolutely flying um it's it's going to be a very difficult weekend um credit to you know everyone that's going to head out there i, I think the days of, of filling that side of portman road are over um it's um yeah I, it's just going to be a, a tough one um you know, I think looking at the looking at the, the stats now, I think Connor Chaplin's
2: on six goals for the season. Marcus Harness is on four. Yeah, um, I missed out Harness. He's, he was he was on the bench, I think, on Saturday. I've always liked Harness when he was at Portsmouth. I mean that's the thing, when you've got a play like that on the bench, it's well they started with Harness um, uh, Burns, Vincent Young, Harness and Freddie Ladapo all on the bench. So they've got depth. And yeah, and, yeah fair play to him. But when you look at the first team, you know, that Caden Jackson has played against us numerous times. He started. He wasn't great. John, Tyrese John Jules has been hitting this. He's been keeping fit. Keo is getting on a little bit. You know, at the end of the day, I don't think we're going to. We go to these places thinking we're going to lose four nil like we did at Peterborough. No, we might. But I do feel that there's a certain solidity to Lincoln. It's not going to be attractive, but as we said at the top of the show, it's functional football. So, and these are the sort of games where actually, you know, we do the podcast next week and go, "Well, we didn't see that coming," you know. Mm. Um, but we've just got to have, we've got to find a way to offer some form of attacking intent.
3: Yeah, um, and hopefully we can. But uh, I think a lot of that will depend on whether Mister Hopper is fit for the weekend. Um, I've not I'd, I've not heard the. Press conference yet, or seen anything from it? So I don't know if that's been uh, disclosed or anything yet. But um, yeah, no, interesting one. And like I said, hopefully we can uh, we can sneak something, but we're not overly hopeful at the moment. Um, and that about wraps up the football side of the chat for the week. I think um, we will move on because there is a program fair, which I know. Um, I'm guessing fees probably uh, put you on house arrest for that day, or she?
2: Well, but now, the thing is, the sort of programmes that I need now are the sort of programmes that cost double figures. And unfortunately for um, me, uh, I'm not willing to spend those double figures anymore, um, given, the, given the times are hard. Um, so, yeah, there's a programme fair, Sunday the 16th of October, Central Bank, Travis Perkins suite, um, which is not anymore, is it? It's a centre spot again now. It's back to the centre <clears throat> spot. Yeah. 7:45 a.m. until 2 p.m. Uh, Steve Harding, who is a Peterborough fan but collects Lincoln programmes, sent me his latest catalogue don't know why I'm showing the screen. because you know, <laughs> um, So I do need some of those. But, yeah, it, it's not something I, I, I'm i going to go to this time. But Program Collectors, it's, it's quite good. There are, I think the Nanasteads have a, a, a stall and they'll be selling their books. And there's a few general stalls with programs from FA Cup Finals and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, if you are a Lincoln City uh, Program Collector or just a general Program Collector, it's a, a good thing to go to.
3: Mm. Oh, I picked up a copy of the uh, the, the Narsad's book over the weekend, actually at the at the game from the trust stand. Very, very thorough, very good, well worth picking up, and uh, very heavy. Yes, <laughs> it it just about fits on our bookshelf as well, so that was quite a, a bit of a relief. Um, so yeah, no, that's all good. Um, the next thing that we need to promote here, I've got a few things written down. So we've got promo, we've got the program fair, um, we've got the former player pod. Uh, which is out on
2: Saturday? Well, yeah, very quickly. I'm putting that out on Sunday, so it's recorded Sunday. and queued up, ready to go. I've put that to go out at twelve o'clock. So we've got Roger Holmes on that. Um, I wasn't kind of sure how it would go. I mean, Roger's a really great guy. Didn't you never know how chatty a player is going to be? You know, when when these under the cosh podcasts, they know the players and they know mm-hmm. who's going to be gold on there. Whereas we're kind of picking players who they are available to us and we think oh, I'd love to hear some stories from him Roger was brilliant absolutely brilliant and um, yeah he went into some great detail obviously he played with Andy Graver he played with Dave Smith so he spanned that Bill Anderson kind of second division decade right the way through to the early years of, of Graham Taylor he knew Graham Taylor quite well so well worth a listen I'm going to schedule it to come out on Sunday at 12 o'clock so it may be just a tonic that you need if you don't want to think about the Ipswich game um, and if we have one uh, it will got anything from Ipswich it's going to be you know we're going to be promoting it a little bit so yeah Roger Holmes 12 o'clock Sunday there
3: we go um the next thing I've got written down is that Gary is a fanny um
2: and then we've got the foundation to talk about yep I'm going to be quite quick because actually my uh we're we're running into longer than i expected and i have booked tea and i've got the boys coming over to play pool in 40 minutes um so <laughs> i was graciously invited by martin hickerton to go to the foundation as people know hopefully i'm running the lincoln 10k um for the foundation's mental health provisions they do um so it's called team talk and they do andy's man club on a monday where people can go along and just kind of talk and be in a, in a good space together um, and then they also do football sessions where you can go along and you pay a couple of quid and you can play on the AstroTurf and again it kind of fostering that community spirit and I was lucky enough to go down to the foundation and and meet the team and met um, Martin and and, and Alex and, and, and Alice and Dan and all sorts of people really good people the stuff they do is phenomenal honestly Ben you wouldn't you wouldn't believe the depth that they go into I mean they run English classes for Uh, the immigrant community uh, to help them integrate they've got two community spaces that are gardens that they've just kind of renovated and done up and and they're there for the local community they don't just train kids and, and holiday school are the things they go out into schools. I was lucky enough to go into their extra time hub, which is where semi retired and retired people can come down for a couple of hours and just kind of socialise and they play some bingo teas and coffees that was bowls. They get ex they get players down there sometimes. I heard TJ Omer was playing bowls with, with them last season. Um and they just do so much stuff and this they're, they're spreading some of their community offering as well so they're looking to move further out in the county to to do things on Mablethorpe and the east coast and it's all selling the Lincoln City brand and they're a registered charity so it's not something that they take from the club it's not something that the club are pulling the strings they're a separate entity essentially from from the club but coming under the kind of Lincoln City family banner so they do some really wonderful stuff they told a really touching story about a kid from the local community who um went along to one of the training sessions and you know some of these kids end up we say privileged. I mean, you know, I didn't have a bad upbringing. I didn't have a lot of money in the bank. These are kids that are like never owned a pair of football boots. And apparently, one of the players came down and and handed over a pair of football boots, and this kid was in tears. And and it's just little things like that. They're just making this massive difference mm-hmm. in the community at all levels, whether it's the immigrant community, whether it's just the general local community, whether it's male mental health, whether um yeah the, the 32 full-time staff at the foundation and I never knew do you know what I just thought the foundation oh they do the kids training don't they you know they run mm-hmm. the kids clubs it's nothing like that at all so uh last check we're up to 833 pounds for the 10k Rob Bradley is running it uh with me I don't think we'll run it side by side but he's also doing a little bit of the promotion and uh, as well so we're aiming to get to a thousand pounds um, really closing in on it. I've written an article about the foundation. Just Don't just take my word for it. Go on their site, have a look through some of the stuff they do. Um, they, they genuinely, genuinely are changing lives. They've been around the for Lincoln City for so long. I've never paid any attention to what they do. And, and I'm sure that there are 90% of people who are listening to this are probably the same, probably mm. the same. And just from personal Experience a member of my family had uh, breast cancer last year, a year before maybe, um, and and was as part of her rehabilitation was went through. I think they call it fighting fit, so it's like a post cancer op fitness thing. So you go down there and you get a personal trainer, um, and and I know that the impact that that made on her both physically and mentally was was absolutely massive. So I've you know, I've seen it firsthand with my family. I've now seen it firsthand with my own eyes. These guys are doing great work. So you know anything you can spare, let's get to a grand and, and let's help them do do what they can.
3: One hundred percent. I mean I d I didn't know a lot of what you just said in in terms of what they do. Um it's yeah, it, it sounds like it's a vital thing. Um for the community and it's like i said it's got the the lincoln city umbrella on there as well so um yeah throw guys some money if you can Um it's uh you know it's a very worthwhile cause
2: there's a pinned Um, post there's a pinned post on the website stacyos.net um so that'll take you to the just giving link Cool. Uh, if what, you what can, the... and look, I do. Know what, sorry, there's no pressure either because I know times are really hard. Absolutely, uh, I, I get that as well. So please, nobody feel pressured. And thank you to everybody. I've had some very generous donations, and thank you to everybody. Absolutely. What date is the 10K again? It's October the. I think it's the 30th. either 30th or 31st. It's the last Sunday of the month, so I think okay. it's the 30th. Okay, um, you're gonna That's come cool. down and pelt me with rotten veg as I come down Castle Street.
3: No, I was going to say, well, I'll, I'll come down and I'll have a big greasy burger on the finish line, just uh, waiting for ch- me, chowing waiting. down on it.
2: No, waiting for me. I won't have, my, I'll have a, Don't you worry. I'll have my phone in my arm, listening to my music. I'll make sure I get a picture of it. I won't miss an opportunity. Right.
3: <laughs> I don't know if you've uh, just just on a tangent. I don't know if you've um, if you've missed the opportunities for the past two games. But uh, you, I know I haven't seen you taking a photo of me. Well, I was drunk
2: this time. game, and I think the one before that wasn't a Saturday; it was Derby, and I think we were me and Dad were quite late getting there.
3: I, I definitely saw you.
2: Was it Derby? No,
3: we had a, yeah. I think it was Derby. We had a chat before the game and everything. Uh,
2: but you didn't take a, a photo of interest. you at Derby. I thought I came out of the bar and took a picture of you. No, 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 okay. no. Okay, maybe <laughs> I've just got bored of seeing pictures of you on my camera roll. <laughs> I just imagine
3: that you don't take that many other photos and like every time you open up your camera roll, it's just picture of Benny and picture of Benny and picture no, of Benny. No, it's pictures and. of Charlie. Cool. Yeah, that makes sense.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, I know what I'd rather look at as well. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, no, I think that's probably going to wrap up for this week's pod. Um, is there nothing else on the list?
2: I don't um, think there was. I know you just looked like you suddenly doubted yourself. No, Gary is a fanny is the only other thing. That yeah, I've you really can't now, but really but I've really mentioned that. that. You can't really say that the way yeah. you... Woke left, I don't like it, of which I'm a member. You can't say it. As am I, although apparently, according to to you, I'm a massive Tory. You're a Tory. Tory! (laughs) There's nothing wrong with Tories, by the way, listeners. Um, This isn't a political podcast in any sense of the word at all, so we're not political. Yeah, anyway. Um, So... I think that's probably about
3: it. The only thing left for us to do is uh, wrap up, say thank you for listening, get yourself subscribed, tell a mate because as Gaz alluded to, uh, last week's numbers were apparently not not the best. That's
2: all right. Um, I'll, pro- I'll I'll, I'll um, promote it that I'm back on this week. So okay, thank you. Okay. At least people um, listen this week.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, and until then, uh, up the imps. Up the imps.
2: Oh shit! I've got to stop it. No. So <laughs> 90th minute and all your mates are around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app